Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It is Thursday, the 10th day of March 2022. And a quick buzz through the headlines this morning. NBC News reports Gropey Joe Biden signs an executive order that could bring the U.S. one step closer to a digital currency. The end of the world is near, my friends. Check out your Bibles for this type of stuff. U.S. digital currency could be on the horizon as the Biden administration puts its support behind research and development of a U.S. central bank digital currency, better known as a CBDC. The move is part of a sweeping executive order that Joe Biden signed Wednesday, instructing the federal government to explore possible uses and regulations of digital assets such as cryptocurrencies. He said... My administration placed the highest urge on research development opportunity. I'll uh, go ahead and translate that for you. He said, My administration places the highest urgency on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States CBDC. That's in his executive order. His highest urgency is not the southern border crisis. It's not those millions of invading, illegal, trespassing criminal aliens at our southern border. No, he wants to develop a means to eliminate your entire financial situation with the push of a button. His highest urgency is on research and development efforts into the potential design and deployment options of a United States digital currency system. Not the massive high inflation, not the skyrocketing gasoline, diesel, and heating oil prices. No, his highest priority is research and development into a CBDC. Not the massive increases in crime that have spiked exponentially since he took office. Nope, not our possible getting dragged into World War III with Russia over the Ukraine. That's not his highest priority. His highest priority is not even the COVID virus. His highest priority is researching and developing a cryptocurrency so that the United States government will have 100% control over your entire financial situation. They don't like what you've done. They'll hit you with a fine and they'll deduct it from your digital currency. If you didn't pay your taxes on time, don't worry. They'll go in and wipe out your crypto digital currency. If they think you should be punished, oh, I don't know, for having something like the Truth Hurts program on your browser, they'll fine you and take it right out of your digital wallet. The Fed, the Federal Reserve that is, will continue research and development according to a fact sheet released by the White House. They published a white paper in January about potentially creating a digital currency that would complement existing payment systems. They claim that the CBDC could make payments cheaper and easier for consumers, but may pose a risk to the stability of the U.S. financial system. But Gropey Joe ignores the last part. He likes that first part, where they can dig into your digital wallet anytime they want. It's not a conspiracy theory, folks. Oh, and by the way, if you're keeping track, over the last 15 years, the conspiracy theories, the unearthed facts are proving that most of the conspiracy theories pushed forward by conservatives have turned out to be true. 16 to nothing right now is the score. 
Those conspiracy theories are turning out to be true more often than not, by an exponential margin. Speaking of conspiracy theories, the Associated Press Amanda Sates writes, Gas price hikes are fueling electric vehicle conspiracy theories. How convenient. Some social media users suggest that soaring fuel prices in the U.S. are not a result of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine or increased consumption or even supply chain issues as daily life resumes after two years of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. Instead, a flurry of Twitter and Facebook posts offer a nefarious scheme may be underway. Supposedly, Joe Biden's administration is intentionally driving up the price of gas to get more American drivers behind the wheel of an electric car. Sounds plausible to me. Remember, they came out and said that the Russian imports of oil into the United States were somewhere between 1% and 3%. So that shouldn't cause a doubling of the price of diesel fuel. But guess what? The chip shortages, all at this one wonderful convenient time where less and less gasoline vehicles are sitting on dealers' lots, kind of makes you wonder. Chips? Come on, man. $6 a gallon gas is how you get people to buy more electric cars, claims one popular meme shared thousands of times across social media platforms. This newest internet and the Associated Press wants you to think that this is a conspiracy theory. Oh my goodness, folks. That's funny. It's probably fact. After all, as I had just said a few moments ago, the conspiracy theories are turning out to be fact when placed against people who are claiming them to only be conspiracy theories. They're popping up as reality more and more and more. Conspiracy-laden memes, according to Associated Press, began swirling when the average price of a gallon of regular gas broke the $4 a gallon mark for the first time in 14 years, and now it's approaching $5 and surpassing that in many areas. There's an actual post in this Associated Press article and it says, provided by Associated Press, copyright, file. Gas prices are displayed at a mobile gas station in West Hollywood, California on March 8th, 2022. Social media users are suggesting soaring fuel prices in the U.S. are part of a government scheme to get drivers into electric vehicles. Those conspiracy theory posts are spreading across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. AP photo by J.C. Hong. Regular gas, 6.95 and 9 tenths. Mid-grade, 725 and 9 tenths. Supreme, 755 a gallon. 755 and 9 tenths. But we know that it's not the Ukrainian invasion by Russia that is driving prices higher. That event started about a month ago. But gasoline prices have risen exponentially since Joe Biden took office 13 months ago. Almost 14 months now. You can't blame something that just happened a month ago for the rising prices of a year ago. It's not a conspiracy theory. Whether it's a chip shortage, which was planned, whether it's trying to get people into electric cars by reducing the supply of gasoline cars available on the market, whether it's just gropey Joe Biden's piss-poor handling of our economy, these gasoline price hikes have occurred during the gropey Joe Biden Camel Toe Harris administration. Therefore, no matter what the liberal, leftist, progressive, woke media tries to tell you, this is Joe Biden's economy. 
Joe Biden's inflation, Joe Biden's empty shelves, Joe Biden's crime wave, Joe Biden's energy crisis, Joe Biden's border crisis, Joe Biden's international relations crisis, Joe Biden's America. And this is the Truth Hurts program. Speaking of conspiracy theories, by the way, when it's anyone in the conservative viewpoint, it's called a conspiracy theory. But Newsweek says, Maria Butina says Zelensky is a Nazi. Ukrainian military is actually attacking its citizens. Convicted Russian agent Maria Butina told the British broadcasting company BBC on Thursday that she believes Volodymyr Zelensky is absolutely a Nazi, even though the Ukrainian president is Jewish. Now, they're not calling this whack job convicted person a conspiracy theorist. No, they're trying to give this woman, Maria Butina, credibility. She has concocted a conspiracy theory saying that Russia is not shelling the Ukraine, but the Ukraine's own military is firing on its own cities and civilians within its borders. She told the Daily Beast, quote, Russia is not bombing citizens. Russian military troops are having humanitarian corridors. Vladimir Putin has refused to refer to his assault on the Ukraine as an invasion or even a war. Meanwhile, his country has been cracking down on media outlets and their coverage of the conflict, as well as cracking down on individuals who spread what Vladimir Putin calls fake information or fake news. Gee, he kind of sounds like a Donald Trump there, doesn't he? Those who put out any information against Vladimir Putin could be jailed for up to 15 years under the new executive order that he put out, which also makes public calls for sanctions against Russia a criminal offense in that country. This nut job, this conspiracy theorist, Butina, insists that the Ukraine is the aggressor in the two-week-long war. Stop! This, my friends, is a conspiracy theory. Foisted by Ms. Butina, who pled guilty years ago to conspiring to act as an unregistered foreign agent within the U.S., she was sentenced to 18 months in prison before her early release in October 2019. She was accused of trying to infiltrate several conservative groups, such as the NRA, and trying to establish ties between the Trump administration and Moscow. And I'm not making that up. That's from NPR, and everybody knows NPR doesn't lie, right? Now that she's back in Russia, she's affirmed her loyalty to Vladimir Putin and serves in the nation's Duma, the lower house of parliament. So she's basically an AOC, without AOC having the convictions that we're aware of. When asked why Putin won't call Russia's military invasion a war, Ms. Butina says it was because of the purposes behind Russia's actions. She said Russia has been warning the world that the Nazi mood and the Nazi actions in Ukraine have been on the rise for actually many years. She said Zelensky's actions led her to view him as a Nazi. When it was pointed out that Zelensky is Jewish, she said she believes Nazism is not about one nation. It is about killing, murdering, torturing, alienation based on race and gender and national and country of origin. My friends, that is the definition of a conspiracy theory on the part of Ms. Butina, a convicted felon. Why should we be listening to her? Because American press thinks, okay, she's a good girl because she's not liking the Republicans. And this is the Truth Hurts program. We were talking about gasoline prices and the experts cannot even figure out 
how high gasoline prices might go. The cost of fuel is surging, and across the country, everyone is feeling the pinch in the pocketbook. If you're looking for gas cheap anywhere in the nation, I wish you the best. Two weeks ago, I warned you all here on the Truth Hurts program to watch out that gropey Joe Biden needed some kind of diversion away from all of his misdoings, from his empty shelves to his southern border crisis to his debacle in the Afghanistan withdrawal to all of the other investigations that are being done to people like his own son and that he needed some kind of way to boost his Build Back Broke program and revive it so that he could find a way to push pork barrel spending back onto the American people at a time where inflation is through the roof at a point higher than it was in the last 40 years. Wednesday, the price at most gasoline stations in the United States of America have gone above 425 per gallon. In fact, the national average as of this morning was 425 and 9 tenths per gallon. Experts cannot predict how high it will go. Professor Pierre Connor is the director of the Tulane University Energy Institute in New Orleans. He says it's hard to speculate. I don't want to be out there saying we'll see six, but I certainly think we can envision something with a five in front of it. According to Connor, every $10 a barrel increase in the price of crude oil shows up as a $0.25 cent a gallon increase at the pump. On Monday, crude oil was $110. Now we're at $120. That's $10. That's $0.25, cents, probably coming shortly. And he was right. Russia's invasion of the Ukraine is what the media and the Democrats are still trying to blame for the large surge in oil prices. But the United States gets less than 5% of its oil from Russia. And if we would simply drill here at home using higher standards, cleaner methods than they do over there because they don't give a damn about the environment, then we should be able to control the price of our own oil in our own country. Louisiana Oil and Gas Association President Mike Moncla said, the higher costs are not good for the consumer or the industry. Now, I thought the industry would go and, yay, we're making more money, let's put some more people to work. But that's not the case. Monkle said, this is a commodity. Refineries have to buy oil in the open market, and if they're buying at a higher price in the open market, they're going to have to refine it, and it's going to come out as a more expensive product. Commodity prices being higher, there's more rig work going on on the production side, trying to get wells back flowing oil, and with fuel costs now skyrocketing and unaffordable levels for many families, experts predict the U.S. oil and gas industry will respond with some domestic production increases. Professor Connor said, I do believe a bit longer term as you move into, say, the end of the year or next year, we'll see a response. We'll see increased production in the U.S. We'll try and figure out ways to get more crude oil into our country, into our refining complex, and then I think you'll see a leveling out. According to AAA, the Louisiana Average price yesterday was $4.03 a gallon, about $0.22 cents lower than the national average. But it was still a $0.10 cent per gallon jump overnight. A year ago, by the way, one year ago, gas was at $2.50 a gallon in the Bayou State. And that was after Joe Biden took office. It was $1.61 three 
three months before he took office. And it was $1.29 at some gas stations here in Louisiana two years ago this week. Conspiracy theory? Hmm, maybe conspiracy fact. Meanwhile, Russia is hitting back at sanctions with an export ban, according to the BBC. They've banned exports of more than 200 types of products in retaliation for Western sanctions on Moscow. Telecom, medical, agricultural, electrical, and technology equipment, amongst other items, will be affected by the ban, which will now run until the end of 2022. It follows those harsh Western sanctions on Russia's financial system and energy in response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. A growing number of Russian oligarchs have been hit with asset freezes, travel bans, and seizures of their personal property. Other items covered by Russia's export ban include cars, railroad equipment, containers, and turbines. Okay, I'm not buying any of their crap anyway, so who cares? AFP wrote an article yesterday, Joe Biden's Perilous Oil Diplomacy. It starts, how far should Joe Biden go to limiting soaring U.S. gas prices? The U.S. president has launched an oil diplomacy gambit to compensate for banning Russian petroleum, which, by the way, only makes up about 1% to 3% of our imported oil. They're using it as an excuse, but hey, what can I say? The article says he risks accusations of propping up authoritarian leaders and undermining his own battle for democracy. Amid the war unleashed by Russia in the Ukraine, a recent American mission to energy-rich Caracas was intended to be discreet, and for good reason. U.S. government emissaries met with Venezuela's controversial leader Nicolas Maduro, a sworn enemy of Washington, D.C., who, by the way, disputes his legitimacy as president. I, I dispute Biden's legitimacy as president. Hmm. I don't see anybody coming down here to kiss my toe. But news of that meeting leaked out, and the Biden administration was left scrambling to explain why it's negotiating with an authoritarian regime. I thought we didn't negotiate with terrorists. Oh, wait, that was when America was great again. Now that we're on the decline, desperate, feeble-minded, weak, gropey Joe Biden is doing everything he can to kiss the feet of other authoritarian leaders. Biden could certainly boast of a success because on Tuesday... Well, two Americans that had been detained in Venezuela finally got home. They were released. Imagine that. This trip, of course, had other motives. With the rise in crude prices brought on by the Ukrainian war and Washington's decision to block all imports of Russian gas and oil, there's an urgent need to find other supply sources for the 1-3% to that we were getting from Russia. They're going to claim it was more when it's convenient for them to do so. But then they were bragging about it not being that much before that invasion occurred. Victoria Newland is the State Department's number three diplomat. She said, What we are doing is going all around the world, working with partners and organizations and entities to try and increase the amount of oil on the market. There are just a handful of countries who produce the heavy fuel that Russia was exporting. So frankly, she said, We've got to look everywhere that we can. Without ruling out that Washington could buy Venezuelan crude, which would of course equal a Maduro piggy bank. A new posture is quite an about face for DC, considering that the US has imposed an oil embargo on Venezuela because they are a close ally to Vladimir Putin. 
In the meantime, the embargo against Venezuela's oil industry remains in place and has supposedly caused much damage to their oil industry, according to former U.S. diplomat Aaron David Miller. Maduro, for his part, is exploring the idea of reciprocal concessions, but that doesn't mean he's abandoning Putin. Any mutual Washington-Caracas thaw would be a long, uncertain, and very risky process. The Biden administration, either way, is being showered with criticism, as they should be. At a congressional hearing this week, Newland was not only bludgeoned by opposition Republicans, she was not even spared by some in the Democrat camp of Joe Biden. Senator Marco Rubio told her, Buying Venezuelan oil would have an insignificant impact on the U.S. economy. It would mean millions of dollars for Maduro's personal piggy bank, however. Bob Menendez, a Democrat, the lead Democrat on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, says, The democratic aspirations of the Venezuelan people, much like the resolve and courage of the people of the Ukraine, are worth more than a few thousand barrels of oil. And of course, gropey Joe Biden is trying in vain, to balance the national interests of our nation on one hand and taking care of his much narrower political interests on the other. It's a tricky ploy because he's seeking to preserve what he calls American values while trying to limit the inflation he and his administration have caused. And this will likely cause big harm to the Democrats in the November midterms. And the longer this stretches out, the more Americans, even Democrats, will continue to remember the pain at the pump the pain of empty shelves, the pain of inflation in every sector, the rising crime, the invasion at the southern border. And that may not bode well for Democrats in the presidential election, now just a little over two years away. The situation is all the more delicate given Biden's promise to put human rights at the center of a foreign policy that he says is now marked by a battle between democracy, you know, you and I, and autocracy, you know, Biden's running of the nation by executive fiat. His top diplomat, A. Blinken, that's Antony Blinken, initial A. Blinken, that's why I call him A. Blinken, he said Wednesday the U.S. could ensure the stability of global energy supplies without sacrificing its focus on human rights. However, all of these steps are coming under the microscope. Senator Jim Risch said it's imperative we do not replace Russia's heavy crude with the supplies from dictators in Iran and Venezuela. Duh! That just makes sense! The White House on Wednesday was forced to deny a Wall Street Journal report which said the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates have declined to accept calls by the U.S. President. They don't want to talk to that old man. You know the thing. At the same time, the new site Axios raised the prospect of a Biden trip to Riyadh in the spring in the midst of a bid to convince the kingdom Please pump some more oil. Oh, God, we're begging you. And now there are some calls for gropey Joe Biden to speak to the crown prince Mohammed bin Salman of Saudi Arabia. Even though gropey Biden has so far refused to engage with that man because he accused that man of masterminding murders of journalist and Riyadh critic Jamal Khashoggi. Oh, what a tangled web you weave, Mr. Biden. And it's all because you are not in charge. You have a bunch of buffoons telling you what to do in this earpiece, that earpiece, on this cue card, or that teleprompter. Even the left wing of the president's own party is criticizing him. Progressive, liberal, woke congresswoman wrapped in a rag, Ilhan Omar, said on Twitter, 
Our response to Putin's immoral war shouldn't be to strengthen our relationship with the Saudis. They're all turning on him as they should. And this is the Truth Hurts program. And finally today, The Hill puts lawmakers feast on pork in the new omnibus bill. After an 11-year drought, congressional earmarks are back, and they're back with a vengeance. You see, Biden and his administration have played Congress. Oh, please come up with some kind of way to help those poor people in the Ukraine. Sign our new 2,741-page omnibus spending package. It's only one and a half trillion dollars, but it's loaded with funding for lawmakers' pet projects, some which might help incumbent Democrats in the fall midterm elections. Told you, folks, follow the money. I always tell you to follow the money. The legislation includes more than 4,000 earmarks. If you're not familiar with what an earmark is, it's I'll give you $2 million to build a library in your dead father's name if you give me $4 million to build a bridge in my dead uncle's name or to fund some research project into why dogs scratch their ears. The legislation includes more than 4,000 of these pet projects according to a list of those projects provided to the Hill by a Senate Republican aide. It was 367 pages of pork barrel spending. Steve Ellis is the president of Taxpayers for Common Sense, a nonpartisan group which tracks federal spending. He says, quote, there's been a decade of pent up desire to get back to earmarks, and you're seeing some of that come to fruition, particularly those people who were writing the appropriations bills, dealing with all those types of issues and not getting the gravy they certainly did earlier in their career. Many lawmakers wisely decided not to request earmarks in this year's appropriations package, but those who did scoop up large rewards for their own reelections. One of the biggest winners, oddly enough, as expected, chuckles the clown Schumer, the Senate Majority Leader who's up for re-election this year. Schumer's name is attached to 59 earmarks totaling nearly $80 million dollars just in the omnibus's transportation, housing, and urban development sectors alone, according to that review by The Hill. He successfully requested funding for the projects either individually or with other lawmakers from New York. Some of the earmarks provide millions of dollars more than what the Biden administration had even requested. This omnibus bill included $5.9 million for Dunkirk Harbor on Lake Erie, which is $5 million more than what the administration had requested. Old Chuckles the Clown Schumer, who is presiding over his first omnibus spending package as the majority leader, also helped secure another 10 earmarks, totaling nearly $11 million in the energy and water development sector. Senator Mike Braun, who is closely tracking the number of earmarks in the package, has counted a total of 142 earmarks linked to Chuck Schumer's name alone. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle are scrambling to figure out what's in this bill. It didn't become available to the public until early Wednesday morning yesterday. Lawmakers and the general public have little idea what earmarks will be included in the package before the final vote, which leaders hope to jam down everybody's throat by one minute before midnight Friday to prevent a government shutdown. They're holding the nation hostage and they're reaping billions of dollars in rewards for themselves. 
Senate Republicans agreed during a private meeting in April of 21 to keep in place their conference rule banning earmarks. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, in contrast to Schumer, did not request any congressional earmarks. Telling you, my friends, follow the money right into the pockets of your favorite Democrat leader. They're trying to buy votes by saying, ooh, you want another recreation center in your inner city neighborhood? Vote Democrat, because the Republicans didn't ask for any money for a rec center. Evil Republicans. I think right now we should let the government shutdown come to fruition and let Congress debate each and every earmark and say, no, if this bull stuff is included, then we're not going to pass the budget. This is billions of dollars of your tax money being pissed away by Democrat politicians for the most part. The number of earmarks in the bill is probably lower than how many were included before that earmark ban went into effect 11 years ago, in part because a number of members, including some Republicans, said they're not taking them. It's total pork barreling, said Thomas Schatz, president of the Citizens Against Government Waste organization, who established there were more than 4,400 earmarks in the proposed omnibus bill. And I'm sure that Joe Biden's puppet masters, his handlers, those pulling his strings, will simply say, Yeah, go ahead and sign it, Joe. It's okay. It's helping out a lot of Democrats. That's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time. Stay safe at the Truth Hurts program. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Audionautics.